welcome back to The Haunting Hour. My name is Ryan Brown, your co-host here at The Haunting Hour, and joined as always alongside my brother Tyler. Ty, how are we doing tonight? Ryan, I am so happy that this Monday is over. Really? It was a rough Monday? It was a very rough morning for <laughs> for me specifically. I feel like um, anyone who went out with us last night had a pretty tough Monday morning before like 9 a.m. I have one question for you. Why do we go out on Sundays harder than we do like anybody else does on Fridays and Saturdays? Like for Sunday, for some reason, is the day we like to party it up. It is 1,000% your fault. That's true, because I don't work Mondays or Tuesdays. Even if we don't plan on going out, you send a text to the group like... A 10 o'clock text, hey, what are you guys getting into tonight? Yeah, like, hey, is anyone going out? And then most of us are still like hurting from the Saturday night before, so half (laughs) of us aren't even in our right minds. Uh, And then I'm always like, I'll I'll go out for, you know, Sunday night, it's it's actually something to look forward to, like get one or two drinks to kind of mellow you out. Go home and then yeah. get get like everything ready for work and stuff. Correct. And then it's 10, 11 f-ing beers deep, two shots, one scorpion bowl. And I wake up, my alarm goes off at, at 4.45 the next day. And I'm like, so sorry. Yeah, here it is. This is another going to be a great Monday, Ty. My problem is we go out Sunday because you come around because mm-hmm. you work the weird schedule. And then Mondays we record as we're doing today. And then Tuesdays, it's, you know, like date Mike Ty. <laughs> From like the office, you know. Um, so we have our date night on Tuesday. So I, I drink a half a bottle of red wine, uh, white wine actually, not red wine. Nice, classy. Smoke a little doobie <laughs> and then uh, fall asleep by ten. Then you guys usually like get into a little bit of anime stuff, right? Not that kind of anime. Not no, not that kind of anime. More like Spirited Away and or Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes, we get into. It's called Studio Ghibli. So he's the guy who does Spirited Away. He does oh. uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Totoro. The, the cool, he's a really adorable giant bunny. Oh, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. So he does all those, though. Yep. So all you anime fans out there, me and Ty are with you. Always have been. I'm more on the uh, American anime side, like Avatar and Korra, but Spirit Away is also chef's kiss. I feel like most people also would agree that there's a very scary, like, weird pall over most of those movies. I so agree with that wholeheartedly. So I would classify them as, like, Coming of age, but also slight horror. Subtle horror. That's like subliminally contacting you in your mind, which yes. you don't even know. About. You like, that's something you watch as a kid and then 10 years down the road. Holy like, that was creepy. Yeah, like, wow, there's a great <laughs> lesson there. But the way that they went about showing me that was like, that's kind of sketchy. Much like the um, Halloween episode of Hey Arnold. I mean, the Halloween episode of Rugrats. Yeah, pop. In my day, those were real miles and those were real ghosts. You actually had a good point, too. Uh, the Halloween episode of Hey Arnold, where Grandpa turned into a fucking corpse zombie. Oh, my God, yes. That The nightmare. Nightmare fuel right there. And then the Bride in White episode in the graveyard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're thinking of the one where uh, Helga dresses up as the chick who... But then she turns out to be real, right? Right. She's like, they. she's faking it, but mm-hmm. there's an actual bride who, le- who her husband leaves her at the altar... And, and then, then she, she uses an axe and chops them both up in the bed. Right. It's, a ve- it's literally like Lizzie Borden plus a vengeful spirit who comes back. Then there's also the Hell Train episode. Harold has so many good Halloween episodes. It's unbelievable. In addition to 4i Jack, one of our favorite. Right. And uh, the UFO episode. Hey, Helga, why don't you go grab Big Bob a cold one, huh? I strive to be more and more like uh, <laughs> Big Bob from Big Bob's Beepers every single day. The dude's got forearms 
Like they, they don't quit. No, the no. dude's got ham hocks. Yep. And he stresses about work. Like that's just the American dream right there. It sounds good. Actually sounds good. Speaking of wanting to be like people because I'm sipping it right now. Um, I'm striving more to be like Damon Salvatore this year. The, the whole 2022, because I don't want to give a F about nobody except myself, much like Damon. Um, but I say that because me and Tyler have recently acquired another bottle of Brothers Bond Bourbon. And I can't stress to you, our listeners, enough. We have this bottle available now in Massachusetts. So me and Tyler are going to be sipping this stuff Monday through Sunday. But I'm so excited it's in Massachusetts now because this stuff is even better than I remember it being, Ty. Yeah, when I... um. I don't know why I was looking in the closet that I was looking in for some reason. I, I guess Ryan put a bottle in there. I did. And um, getting a coat or a scarf a couple weeks ago, and I looked down and I'm like, that's a fucking full bottle of Brothers Bond. And I assumed that we just had a leftover one from when... Christmas, like I got like four bottles at Christmas or something. For, for uh, gifts, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, oh, Ryan probably got that as a gift. So obviously I broke into it a little bit. And then Ryan... Uh, I sent him like a Snapchat of it, like half gone. And I'm like, uh, hey, dude, like, you know, you should have some of this. And he's like, yeah, it's fucking mine. So <laughs> when he sent that to me, I had to like when I opened the snap, I had the biggest eye roll. I was like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me right now? I was like, this dude found the bottle. You're lucky I left as much as I left. That's fair. I am sipping it tonight and it is so good. Yeah, we, we uh, highly recommend that anyone who is in any position to buy a bottle of Brothers Bond, you do that. But other than that, me and Tyler got that this intro hasn't been long enough, but we have a wee bit of housekeeping to do tonight before we jump into our very spooky topic. But just to let everybody know, on HBO Max, if you are a subscriber, Halloween Kills is now streaming there for your viewing pleasure. Me and Tyler both subscribed there, so I cannot freaking wait to watch this movie again. Um, I think we talked about it last episode. You were like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta rewatch Halloween Kills. But it's streaming there for anybody who wants to watch it. And then other than that, me and Tyler recently bought tickets to the Trinity of Terror Tour starring Black Veil Brides. Meh, whatever. Me and Tyler don't really like them so much. But also, Motionless and White and Ice Nine Kills. If you know me and Tyler here at The Haunting Hour, we live and breathe both those bands. So the fact that we get to see them both in the same night on a show that's regarding like the supernatural, paranormal type of vibe... I'm about to jump out of my skin because I'm so excited. Out of 10, I'm like a 25 on how stoked I am to actually just go to this venue, slam four or five PBRs, and then listen to uh, Undead Ahead 2 from my boys Motionless, and then uh, the entirety of Ice Nine Kills' new album. I'm If we hear The Box or we hear Ex Mortis live, you won't see me again. I'll jump from the top rafter and just like, Boom, let's go. Or Farewell to Flesh, right? Oh. Is it growing on you yet? No. <laughs> what about what about um Worst Vacation? Yes, I love Worst Vacation because that bridge, um, when they take like the actual scene out of hostel, when the kid's like, What the fuck are you doing to me? And then when they go into the breakdown, if you're at the gym, you're you can add like two more plates to whatever you're doing because that bridge will give you power. It's so good. It's a cool song because they did the same thing in The Silver Scream, the original, where they used, ironically, Ghostface, Scream, in a song. Mm-hmm. Your number's up. But they used actual dialogue from the movie, and they made lyrics around that. It's the outro, and then it's like the second part of the second verse. I know it's really specific, but right. they use the same thing. It's it's so cool how you as like a uh, artist or a band can do that with a horror movie. 
So yeah, that's what's happening with me and Tyler here at the Haunting Hour. Very pumped about that show. We're going to the one in Portland, Maine, which me and Tyler, that's our old stomping ground. So it's it's going to get wild. And it's not going to hit me until I get there. I already know it. Like once I walk into the venue, I'm going to be like, I'm seeing both of my favorite bands live. Really quick question. Who do you think's going to perform better? Ooh, that's tough. You've never seen Motionless live. I've seen them once at um, Warp Tour, Mansfield. Oh, right. Um, I'm going to say probably Ice Nine because like Ice Nine's preparing because they played with like Metallica recently. Um, so they're probably, they're very clean at this point, I feel like. Or, like they're, they're, they're very like honed in. 100%. They've like been doing shows so recently that like it's just another show, but also it is maybe 30 miles from their hometown of Salem, Massachusetts. So I feel like it's going to be a uh, like a super clean set from them. Indeed, indeed. Probably post about it so much on our Instagram page once we get up there. So just keep your eyes on that. Um, then I'll touch upon the other things about housekeeping at the end because I know this intro has been horrible. So Ty, what are we talking about tonight? Are we going to jump into the spooky here? Yes, I hate the saying, but we're going to jump into the spooky. Um, We're going to discuss Native American lore on this Monday evening. So we're going to discuss specifically the Wendigo, the flesh eater of the forest, if you will. In my opinion, like, there's something about walking out into the woods and not knowing what's out there. It could be a bear, scary enough, but if it's like a seven foot tall, gangly, uh, human that ate flesh once and it comes after you you can put me in the grave right there because that is so scary so as far as descriptions go you were 50 50 so that's pretty good uh gangly is very accurate seven feet tall is not accurate it's more like 12 to 15 feet tall feet tall (laughs) so most native american tribes agree that it is over 10 feet that couldn't even fit in this room not even close not even close oh my god i would have a literal heart attack So it is said that in the United States Great Lake region and in the central regions of Canada, there lives a malevolent being called a Wendigo. All right, so it's not specific where this thing like originated from, but it is primarily via like the Canadian side of North America. Okay. And then I feel like that's where... You know, like the Portland, Oregon, the Minnesota, the um, Montana, Montana, the like uh, northern New York. That's where they all kind of got their say where like, hey, you know, Wendigo's, it's a very similar um, topography. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're like, okay, so Wendigo's could be migrating from these regions of the Great Lakes in central U.S. and then in the uh, Canadian, Ontario, the Quebec, the um, British Columbia, like those super rural Right. Forest. So the Wendigo itself may appear as either two things. So it's either a monster with some human characteristics about it. Okay. And that's the one that I think you and I are very, you know, versed with. Those are the ones that have like the really long extremities, the long arms, the long legs. Sharp teeth. Sharp teeth. Very sharp teeth. Yep. Or it could be seen as like a spirit who has possessed a human being and made them into a monster. Really? So there's like a possession factor to this kind of? Allegedly. That's creepy. And we'll discuss that uh, a little bit farther down, but that stems a little bit from this, like the psychosis that people say uh, happen in like severe isolation when when uh, like a group of individuals are together. So historically though, Wendigos are associated with cannibalism, murder, uh, greed, 
and then all of the weird cultural taboos that kind of go with that. So this creature has long been known uh, among the Algonquian, the Eastern Cree, the uh, West Main Swampy Cree, and the Innu people. So these people have described Wendigos as giants, many times larger than human beings. They are associated with winter, northern territories, famine, and starvation. It also has like a weird um, Andy's disaster slash Donner party thing going on here. It's so ironic that it plays just insanely well into both of those. They had two Native Americans with them who were guides. Right. And in the group that separated from the Donner party that went to find help, they went uh, directly west towards California Mm -hmm. and they ran out of food. There was about six of the, like the white settlers and then they had two Native Americans and the white settlers started to actually go into cannibalism. They, they, one of their, their own was killed. And then they started to eat the guy who was killed. And the Native Americans did not partake because That's they right, believed they in changing turning, into something. turning into a Wendigo. Exactly. Right. That's how old these, these things are. So the Algonquian Native Americans, they described the creature as, quote, a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it is thought to be entirely made of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. The Ojibwa tribe describe it as, quote, a large creature as tall as a tree with a lipless mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath was a strange hiss, its footprints full of blood, and it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territories. This literally sounds like somebody who suffered severe frostbite. I mean, back in, in 1500, 1600s, 1700s, freezing to death, hyperthermia was a huge f***ing threat. Like, that was exposure. You, people died from that just so frequently, so I think it was so scary to them that they they just created this this actual terrifying image to personify how afraid they were of freezing to death outdoors or starving to death outdoors. Right. I think it was like a super common thing to go through back then, too, so. Yes. So according to... Standard legend, and this is throughout most, if not all, of the uh, Native American tribes that I looked into, a Wendigo itself is created whenever a human resorts to cannibalism. So that is pretty much across the board. That's what they believe in. Gotcha. So similar to that, like we discussed, um, many of the different tribes have similar characteristics and traits that they view in the Wendigo. So really gaunt. Um, it's ironic that it's super. it's super skinny. And it, it kind of looks like it's um like emaciated because it just does not, it can't get as much food as it needs in it, but it's always hungry for something. Gotcha. Is speed a factor for these two? Are they super fast, do they say in Legend? There are three different superpowers, quote superpowers, that the Native American tribes believe Wendigos have. One is agility and stealth. The other is, or the other two are, it is an expert tracker and hunter, and then it will kill anyone that comes to its or within its territory. So do they only hunt human or do they hunt like other like creatures in the forest? As, as far as I found, it is they only want human flesh. That's terrifying. That sounds like a vampire too. It's like they only want human blood. Or that's the only thing that can satiate them. Right. And that talk about being wrong place, wrong time. If you're in Southern Canada on a hiking trip, the next thing you hear is a twig snap behind you and there's a 12 foot tall 
<laughs> Wendigo staring you down. So that's a good that's a good small little segue. Um, did you watch the the new movie Antlers about the Wendigo? I have not seen it. yet. So you've never seen it. So you haven't seen what they or what um uh Del Toro pictured it as. Right. No, I have not. Okay. The only one that comes to mind, and here we can go again, is uh, episode two of Supernatural when they go to Blackwater Ridge and they hunt the Wendigo, which was terrifying. Yeah, and I thought they pulled. Pretty good as far as the lore goes with mm-hmm. it living in like an isolated area. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one turned out to be like a miner that was like in the woods, but he didn't have any food with him and he ended up resorting to cannibalism. Uh, he ate his other co-workers, I guess. Yes, and it had super, super gaunt, super long arms, incredibly like um, lengthy fingernails and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I thought they did a really good job depicting it. But the um, the Wendigo in Antlers, I thought was outstanding. It was um, implied a lot throughout the movie. It's scary. Which is very scary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like your Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Michael Myers where you see the villain and then it comes after you. But when you saw the villain in this, it was like, like I can't, I will not see this thing out, <laughs> out in the woods because I will go literally crazy if I see something like that. I got to see this thing. Yeah, it was a great movie. Okay, so there are a lot of people who associate the name Wendigo with this up and coming the past like 150 years it's it's a an actual syndrome called wendigo psychosis are you serious yes so it's a real thing it's in the d uh the dsm whatever it is for the for psychiatric um for like mental disorders oh yeah um it's called wendigo psychosis and many psychiatrists consider it a syndrome that creates an intense craving for human flesh come on and a fear of becoming cannibalistic so you have both of those different poles at the same time but once you already be or like actually taking that step and eating a human that's what you're saying that's what they're afraid of because they're getting they want to do that so much they're afraid that hey like i might act on this (laughs) so when psychosis usually develops in the winter in individuals who are isolated by heavy snow for long periods So it's a weird combination of like isolation, cabin fever, Mm -hmm. um, and then understanding how wrong it is to eat other human beings. I mean, theoretically, we were brought up to eat meat, right? That's what we had to do Mm -hmm. when we were cavemen. Cavemen, uh, even in like the 14th, 15th, 16th centuries, like you didn't hear about anyone being on a vegan or a vegetarian diet or anything like that. No, they just ate mutton. They just had mutton. No, they drank mutton. Oh, no, they ate mutton. That's they drank grog. Grog. Yeah, they ate mutton and they drank grog. Mm-hmm. And they were the pictures of like health. We should definitely go back on that diet. Huge. So the initial symptoms of Wendigo psychosis are poor appetite for your standard food, nausea, and vomiting. People who have Wendigo psychosis um, increasingly see others around them as being edible. So over time, they just see someone as like that is i know it's wrong but it's the potential for me to eat jesus like your mind must be degrading so strange so quickly yeah, so and, yeah fast i'm i'm assuming at and this uh this was like a big thing in like the mid to late 1600s it kind of fell off a little bit once we moved super far west mm-hmm. um and then it popped up again like the 1800s but it's just something that happens, and it's ironic that it happens around the regions where people see Wendigo. So when I looked it up, like where Wendigo psychosis was prominent or is prominent, they said that it was in the Great Lakes region, 
And then it was like northern to central Minnesota and parts of Canada. They didn't say what parts of Canada. But again, that's where you get isolated and that's where you get snowed in in a cabin and you can't leave for two or three weeks. All the dots are literally connecting in my mind right now. Do you think somebody took that step and ate a human and then turned into a Wendigo because of this psychosis, like took over them, then they ate a person, then say one year later, somebody's out in the woods and they see a fucking 12 foot tall gaunt creature thing so i just don't understand the like the physiology like how can someone grow six feet if they eat a human how can they turn into a monster this is where i think the native american lore kind of comes in like maybe once you eat a human i'm sure it's happened before and you're in one of those locations where you're super isolated maybe something happens within the land i want to say because native americans are so in tune with the environment more so than we've ever been in our entire lives most humans now um maybe something happens within the environment that causes you to turn into one of these things so do you mean like theoretically just rabid where you live off the land or do you think they actually i'm talking more of like a one of those early like sentinel beings like a wind spirit or like a fire spirit something comes onto you i guess i want to say that causes you to turn into this thing i'm assuming it's more of a punishment than anything that it's just inherently wrong to eat another human being, even though it's um I think it's completely legal if they're dead and you didn't kill them and I'm sure, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like there I'm sure there are like um specifics where you could probably do that. So I get what you're saying. Maybe that like a spirit comes to you and causes this for like your penance. Like, hey, you ate a human, you're turning into one of these things. Right. And you gotta deal with it. And the fact that again, we said that how thin they looked, how you could see um ribs and bones, even though they're eating as frequently as they can. Um, they're never going to be full. So it it reminds me a lot of like La Llorona who she had to walk the grounds of the earth in order to find her missing children. Her missing children who right. she killed. Yeah. Um, but that was her penance. Maybe this is whatever this spirit's, I think this is whatever happens to you. That's your penance. You're painting the picture that these things are never fully satisfied no matter whatever they hunt. Ever. I'm never hiking again. <laughs> and even scarier, uh, Wendigos are supposed to be corporeal, tangible. Like they're supposed to be like Bigfoot where it's not like a, a spirit like La Llorona who can manifest and then disappear. disappear. Yeah, This is like getting into a fight with a 12-foot uh, grizzly bear. Remember the story that our buddy Jason Martinelli told us about his dad was in the woods one time with a group of people around a campfire and was it his dad who looked like past the flames like into the darker parts of the woods and saw something had its hands on a branch and like leaning his head on the branch with his hands and it wasn't kneeling down but it was like crouching a little bit with his hands on the branch yeah it was hunched over right then his dad ends up going over there after this thing left i guess and it turns out the branch was what nine feet in the air so then the thing would have been like 15 feet if it was bending over at the back like hunching over right and just watching these group of people around a campfire and even scarier that was in like the central to northern part of the appalachian Mm -hmm. and that's getting towards like new york state territory which goes straight up into canada let me tell you right now if you don't want to sleep then just google pictures of wendigos you won't get an ounce of sleep or if you sleep they're going to be the worst dreams you've ever had so let's talk a little bit about uh, actual accounts of people who have had Wendigo psychosis. So in this was 1661, 
a uh, J Suite relations document, and I don't have a ton of history on why these people were there, but it states that, quote, what caused us greater concern was the intelligence that met us upon entering the lake, namely that the men deputed by our conductor to summon the nations to the North Sea, they had met their death in a very strange manner. So those poor men were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but known amongst the uh, natives at the time. They were afflicted with a canine hunger. This hunger made them so ravenous for human flesh that they would pounce upon women, children, and even men like veritable wolves and devour them without being able to appease or stem their appetite. These men attacked our deputies, and as death is the sole remedy among these simple people for checking such an act of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. End quote. Jesus Christ. So I have no idea what any of like the beginning stuff meant, but it sounds like they were on an expedition. Right. They somewhere. met up. Yep. Yes, they met up um, with a tribe that was south of the North Sea, which was one of the Great Lakes back then. Um, and for some reason, they, the men who were supposed to be like the... Um, like the leaders. The leaders, <laughs> yep. They caught this Wendigo psychosis. And just started to deteriorate like crazy. And they apparently killed people. And then they were killed by the natives. From what I know, and it's limited, um, of like physiology and biology, it's hard for me to believe that just eating people would turn you into like an actual aesthetic looking mm-hmm. Wendigo. But you've never done it. But I've never done it. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something that happens, and we've said this before, with drinking blood, I think. Yeah, if you just like had a, a span of blood for six years and that's all you ate. Right. Maybe that changes something in us that we don't know scientifically. Mm-hmm. I remember in our vampire episode, we talked about maybe that changes your eye color. Maybe that would cause yeah, like uh, some weird evolutionary trait for your teeth to grow long so you could get to blood easier. Yeah, to get to the carotid artery. Yeah. Right. So it's like it's a survival tactic. It's mm-hmm. a survival uh, trait. This is more though, I think, this is more spiritual. This is something I think like if you do it, it is so corrupt that almost immediately you start to – it's kind of like a werewolf transition where you start to see like your nails – my whole point, you start to see on the outside how much of a monster you are on the inside. And I love this word for this episode of this topic. It's so unnatural. Like you're not supposed to eat humans. And once you cross that line, it's so against every like factor of nature that may be. I would even say like immoral. Right. Like you have, there are like four or five just moral traits that most people have. And this one crosses like four of them off. And then maybe like the, I don't want to say the earth or like maybe just the natural elements combat that. And maybe the Native Americans knew that because they're so much fucking smarter than we are. Right. In tune with the land. And yeah. They've like been that. here. We've been here. Like we've been here 500 years. In the grand scheme of things, not that long. Not long at all. No. <laughs> Native Americans have been here for thousands of years. Right. So there, I'm, there are things that they know that we don't know. Uh, and I feel like that's why they have such a respect for everything, for nature. Right, and that's where I feel like modernization for for our culture comes into play because we're so we're so stuck even since like the industrial age, we're so stuck staying in cities. We never go out more or less into nature. Yeah. And if you do, you're only going out for what, 5 days at a time unless you're like hiking the whole Appalachian Trail. Um, but we're so in tune with staying in our cities and stuff that maybe this gets things like this get pushed to the back burner and it it was so much more frequent before we arrived here. And I just said it like 
one minute ago, but it scared the shit out of me, so I'm going to say it again and finish what I was thinking. How Native Americans have a respect for nature, but I think they also have just this inherent fear of nature as well. Like, they know what is going on in the pine trees of, like, the deep Appalachian Trail. And they know the consequences if you go there, like, alone or something. Right, and then ignorant us, we don't even think about these things being real. (laughs) But that's the, the whole... It's funny, but, like, that's the whole thing. Like, they just know so much more. And the fact that so many different tribes from so many different areas all have this Wendigo monster in their culture is terrifying to me. I got no words for how scary this actually is. I'm picturing in my mind right now walking through, like, we've been in the, I've been in the woods, like, my entire life with my job and everything, but we know what it's like to walk through the woods at fucking 2 a.m. in the morning. If this is what you saw, no, sir. No, no, no. And I think it's completely different when you're alone in the woods. If you as like a listener have never been hiking at dusk and have never been trying to beat the sunset, I would recommend you do it and then you'll know true fear. For some reason, trying to get back to your car when you know you're a little bit too far from the the parking lot and you're not going to make it before the sun goes down it is it is just that is fear uh like personified and it's so scary after the sun sets on the horizon or beneath the tree line if you're out there because you still have that like ambient light that's over your head but the woods itself is pitch black it is like you have to turn your flashlight on even after the sun is still like on the horizon more or less just because it gets so dark so quickly and if Wendigos are a real thing, then you had in the in the daytime, you had like a 1% chance of beating it at nighttime because they are so predatory. They are so good at hunting. And because they, like we said, the only thing they want are humans. You are not going to, it doesn't matter if you have a gun. It doesn't matter if you have like <laughs> a tent, a truck. Uh, it doesn't matter. You are not going to survive that. If their hunger for human flesh was so strong, even if you had a gun, I feel like it could take five or six bullets and it would still just be so hungry that you're the first human it's seen in X amount of days that it's running through those bullets and it's coming after your throat at that point. Yeah, you're better off to like just turn the gun on yourself and shoot yourself in the face. It's scary enough to come across paths with like a coyote late at night in the middle of the woods a small coyote even a little coyote like is a pup that'd be like terrifying that's it's cute but it's still scary it's it's just because there's like just being out in the woods alone you don't realize how vulnerable you are until you're in a situation where you are super vulnerable and it is scary as fuck. and the fact that there are there are probably over a million native americans out there who believe in their bones that there are wendigos in the woods that is terrifying to me. Right, and I would love to see, we didn't dive too deep into this research, but how many like how many cases you can come across of like a regular hiker who's like hiking certain amount of peaks who've come across or has a story about seeing some type of Wendigo creature in the woods that was eyeing them. We already gave you one firsthand account in um, New York. Of our buddy Jason's dad saw something. But the fact that you could probably dive deep into the research and see people have documented cases with these things you wouldn't catch me in like isolated woods somewhere southern canada northern u.s just uh hey let's go out for a quick four-day hike i would feel the exact same way i would feel in the woods if i was dropped into like shark infested waters 
drop me in shark infested waters i am not surviving i know that for a fact if you drop me in the northern minnesota woods or the woods of the great lakes in the middle of the night in uh like mid-november i think the fear would be exactly the same response for you though you know that's what, I mean? what i that's what i'm trying to get at it's it would my, be identical it would be the same fucking thing it's and it's like a it's like a helplessness thing like there's nothing i can do all to stop do, whatever it is coming right. at me. All you can do is like take the next step and just hope. Like, okay, let's just go one foot after the other and try to get the hell out of this ten thousand acre woods. Yeah, without sprinting away and like screaming my head off, <laughs> which I would do. I'm sure the first branch I heard in the woods oh. snap. It would probably be like a, a baby squirrel, and it'd be like, "What the f- was that?" I would scream. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also another movie I wanted to mention that paints a, a really cool uh, depiction of a Wendigo creature it's called the ritual on netflix oh yeah you told me to watch that once i've never seen it yet outstanding movie it's it's better than antlers as far as movies go oh cool uh it's and if you guys who are listening have not seen it i would highly recommend it it's cool it's just four four friends who go hiking in um one of the scotland or somewhere in northern europe and um it's it's like a cross between blair witch and antlers where it's not like a witch or a ghost but it's a wendigo and a, and a cult so it's a great movie you guys should watch it especially if you're interested in this topic itself um same with antlers don't let anyone tell you it's not a good movie it's a very it's like a slow burn but it's a great film and i think they great they do a, a great depiction of these wendigo flesh eaters as far as these creatures that we've discussed with cryptozoology even with spiritual stuff wendigos are almost the oldest and they got to be top of the list in my opinion for things that are frequently like talked about yes and um, um i would say top of the list for fear yeah <laughs> like it's not like uh the jersey devil doesn't just eat human beings right it's just like uh it's this um benign being it's a creepy thing but it's yep. not a creepy thing that's out to kill you it's it just you individually so that uh <laughs> that brings me to our next segment ty the brown brother scare scale here we go i'm gonna paint you a picture you go to bed in your actual bed but then something weird happens where somebody who's got a vendetta for you drugs you. And then you're out for 24 hours. You wake up in the middle of the woods in, let's say, northern Minnesota. You come to at like 1.15 a.m. And you sit up, pitch black around you, and you realize you're in the woods. You got one flashlight. You turn the flashlight on and you turn to your right. And there's a Wendigo standing next to a tree, 12 feet tall, just staring you down. Oh my god. Oh. That's like my third nightmare. Third. That's number 3, yeah. <laughs> Spike goes spider sharks Wendigo. Wow. Okay. Uh, carbs or number 4. That's a 9.3 or 4. That's a 9.4 I think for me. That's up for me getting if you were one of the people who got pulled to Povelia Island and you knew what was going to happen to you cuz I think that's the highest we've ever had. On our scare scale. I think we said 9.1. I think so, 9. yeah. 9.2 for Povelia. Knowing that you were going to your death and like a play doctor grabs you and pulls you onto these boats. Yeah. And you're heading to the island. 9.1, 9.2 all day. That situation, that's a 9.5. I don't think we'll ever give anything a 10 full out on the show. I don't either, but this is the closest that we've got. From what we've covered, this is the closest we've gotten to a 10. I wouldn't even... I, I couldn't even talk no my heart would just stop i would die i would just fucking die wait until you guys we're gonna post some of some wendigo pictures and if you don't think they're scary literally just google wendigo and it's just scroll yeah people 
it's it's hard to tell like what like their face looks like because there are a lot of just different opinionated um you know people see or people think of different faces is it human is it more animalistic right how far along is it into the wendigo process but there are most of them have it has antlers hence i mean the movie antlers dude i just gotta (laughs) the chill down the back of my neck again just because i always pictured them as being like a bald thing with like pointy kind of ears and like a like a weird snout kind of but the fact that they had antlers and it's 12 feet tall dude no i can't i can't and we covered this a little while ago, but there's just something inherently scary about a humanoid thing that has horns or antlers coming out of their head. It's just like, oh. yeah, it's like bestiality you're yeah. thinking of how, and again, we're back to the corrupt, immoral stuff. Goes against all laws of the like natural world. Yeah, like if that fucking thing touched me, <laughs> I would, dude, I would get it off of me. I would be so fucking grossed out. It would just, oh, it would just be an, if, if, I mean, I couldn't do anything about it at all. Dude, I would just I would scream and scream until I died. But yeah, so guys, that wraps up our episode on the Wendigo. This was way fucking scarier than I would ever have chalked this up to be before we started. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed this one. And we got actually a couple other things we're going to talk about here, housekeeping, related to the Brown Brothers Haunting Hour. So it turns out that me and Tyler are going to jump into the short film world, I guess I want to say. Not like that. Don't no. get your heads out of the gutter. No, you're not going to see me on um, a Pornhub anytime soon. Browsers. There you go. Um, but Busty gonna, Asian beauties. But we're going to jump into the short horror film world. And me and Tyler are actually going to take a crack at creating one or two of our own short horror films. Because we got a good, we have like a solid following now on Instagram where we want to give you guys different aspects of horror, not just the podcast. Um, even though the podcast is our baby and this always will be our baby, but we just think it would be a cool alternative to do some short films because me and Tyler have a really horror filled kind of mind where we have some really good ideas that we think you guys would enjoy and hopefully scare you guys as well. Yes, we brought you horror podcast. We brought you horror scary stories. We figured our next step would be horror short stories um, via like visual aspect and i think we have some really cool ideas we went over that a little while ago Mm -hmm. so hopefully we'll get those out to you guys in a couple weeks yeah the first one and then hopefully we'll have another one coming up this halloween yeah and you guys can let us know you know what you like what you don't like about it and uh, we can kind of adhere to you but we have some cool ideas and thoughts about what we think is scary as opposed to like what people in like the movie industry and the crypt TV short story think are, are scary. So it'll be, it'll be cool to compare the two. And then other than that, guys, if you guys could do us a solid and follow us on Instagram, we are at Brown brothers haunting hour. And if you guys could give us a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts, that helps us rise through the ranks a little bit and helps people find us a lot easier. And I said it last podcast, but you can now rate us on Spotify. There's a little star at the top of our page on Spotify. If you can click that and give us a five-star rating, we will be eternally grateful to you. If there are any followers who have first, second, or third-hand accounts of someone or yourself um, actually encountering a Wendigo, a flesh eater of the forest, please DM us. Let us know. Tell us your story. Tell us like a a small little... um, synopsis of what happened and we'll throw you up on the gram um i would just love to talk to someone who like has experienced this 
get their opinion on it. And then how they felt. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even peg Jason's dad's story as a Wendigo until we started talking about this. I was like, what if that actually was one? And that's what he saw in the middle of the woods. All of the characteristics of it kind of fall under that umbrella of what a Wendigo would look like. Right. Same with the setting and area. So I would chalk it up to either a, like one too many uh, bud dries or it was an actual fucking Wendigo looking for an opportunity to like actually kill some people. If I sleep tonight, it'll be great. But I know if I fall asleep, I'm going to have a horrible, horrible nightmare <laughs> about being in the woods with this thing chasing me. And that's why we do this is to give you guys nightmares. Not like hopefully not nightmares that you wake up from and you're like, okay, now I'm up for the rest of the night. Hopefully it's like a fun little nightmare. You chuckle. And then you go back to bed and you get like a good three or four extra hours. And as always, we're the Brown Brothers and we're coming to you from the grave.